0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Club Pod. My name is Troy Miller and I am the host of the show. And um, I'm excited to be with you once again as we dive down this... Uh, well, into this journey that is Christianity. Um, as we learn who our, who our Father is and we learn about Jesus' sacrifice and we learn about everything um, in in our faith, Um Today, we will be covering the the topic of marriage and sex. So today's podcast is entitled Biblical Wisdom on Marriage and the Sanctity of Sex, which is a very um, important topic for Christianity, and I feel like it must be um, a good time to share this topic as uh, I've had a couple of emails to the new email that I created last week that actually has asked a few questions around this topic itself. So I'll go through those questions a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, but if you want to email me, by the way, and you want to you want to give me a review on the podcast or ask me, um, have any ideas of... What topics I should cover, or if you've got any questions that you'd like me to cover, you can email me at the Born Again Club Pod at gmail.com. So, but yeah, I will go through some of them questions a little bit later on. Um, but as always, I'd love to start our podcast off uh, with a prayer. So, if you'd all like to bow your heads with me as I pray, dear Heavenly Father. As we begin this podcast, we come before you with hearts full of gratitude and praise. Thank you for the precious gift of life and for the opportunities that lie ahead. We acknowledge that this day is a blessing from you and we commit it into your loving hands. Lord, we ask for your wisdom to guide our steps, that we may walk in your ways and make decisions that align with your will. Help us to seek your presence in every moment and to be sensitive to to the promptings of your holy spirit lord grant us strength and courage to face any challenges that may come our way may we find comfort and refuge in your unfailing love knowing that you are always with us father we pray for our loved ones and those around us may they experience your love and grace in profound ways please touch the lives of those who are hurting lonely or in need and use us as instruments of your compassion and mercy. Father, as we go about our day, help us to be mindful of the needs of others and to be a source of encouragement and kindness. May our words and actions reflect your love and grace, shining a light in the darkness and bringing hope to those who need it most. Lord, we also lift up our dreams plans and aspirations to you surrendering them to your divine purpose may our desires align with your perfect will and may our lives bring glory and honor to your name lord we thank you for the blessings of yesterday the challenges that have shaped us and the lessons we have learned and today we entrust all that we are and all that we have into your hands knowing that you are our provider and our sustainer In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. And without any further ado, let's jump straight into today's podcast. All about marriage and the sanctity of sex. So we want to explore the timeless truths and sacred teachings found within the Bible concerning marriage and sex. In a world where the sanctity of these institutions is often uh, undermined, Let us turn to the word of God to understand his plans for marriage and the importance of preserving the gift of sex for marriage alone. So let's start off talking about God's design for marriage. And in Genesis um, chapter 2 verse 24, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh so god intended marriage to be a lifelong covenant between a man and a woman uniting them as one in heart mind and body now there's a lot of uh a lot of things in the world these days that us as christians um you know, have to have to struggle with, and um, and and, and there's a lot of, I, I guess you could call it Satan's work in the world, and you can see it in Hollywood and with celebrities and with the LGBTQABCD movement and the rainbow clubs and all those that we see these days. And I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be mean. But obviously, these guys need us to speak truth into their lives, um, because obviously something's led them down the wrong track, and, um, they're, they, they think that they're, they can find their identity in, in that sort of lifestyle, but it's our job as Christians to try and, um, sensitively let them know the truth and, um... Hope that they they are strong enough to be able to let God in and, and lead them back out of that life that they've chosen to live. But enough of that. That's, uh, that's a topic for another day. Um, I'm not going to go down into that rabbit hole today. Well, I'm just going to talk about um, marriage and sex. And we're going to stay right away from that other stuff um, because I don't really want to offend anyone either. Anyway, back to the subject at hand. The defined, the defined union of marriage reflects the profound love and commitment between Christ and his church. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 25, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and his, his himself its saviour. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So, basically, a, a lot of guys can um, take away that, that second part of that verse. And they'll just say, you know, they'll just use the first part of that verse to... Sort of get their way, I guess, in a relationship, wives submit to your husbands. But for me, I was I actually had a conversation with my my partner about this very verse um the other night, and it it basically just says you know like, to, the interpretation that I I take out of it is that yeah okay so my wife needs to submit to to me, um, as as the head of the family, um, once we're married that is, um, but also. Me as a husband, I have to love my wife, and I have to protect her, and i have to I have to give myself up for her um so I would lay my life down for my for my partner and and I really think that that is sort of the reflection of what that verse means in a roundabout sort of way. Marriage calls for mutual love and submission mirroring the sacrificial love of Christ for his people. And also in this partnership, spouses are called to honor, support, and cherish each other, mutually. Let's talk about the purity of courtship. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Flee from sexual immor- immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So as Christians, we are called to flee from sexual immorality and guard our hearts and bodies for the person that God has ordained for us in marriage. Pursuing purity in courtship sets the foundation for a God-honoring marriage. And just a bit of backstory. So I've spoken a little bit about this in in past podcasts, but for me, I, I really struggled with... Um my sexual immorality in my younger years, and you know as you've understood from my um past podcasts, obviously I have struggled with that because I do have a daughter, and there's only one way that that can happen um but yeah i I used to use sex as a as a as a validation tool um before I really knew who my father was before I knew what Jesus had done, the sacrifice that he had made, um, and, and I understood the will that, that God has for, for my life. Um, I really just used sex as a way, yeah, to validate me, to fill a hole that only Jesus could fill. Um, I, I used it as a way to, um, release certain amounts of of tension um and frustration and um i used it as a way to feel good about myself but you know what you can you can find all that and more by really just submersing yourself in god's word and since i've started my relationship with my my partner my my own um i guess covenant that i've made is to um sustain abstain abstain from sex before marriage and um, my partner i don't know if she'd mind me saying this but that's also well, she's wanting to do. Because we, we want to have God at the foundation of our relationship. We want to make sure that we are building our relationship with um, God's word in mind. With the scriptures in mind. With everything that we've learned um, as Christians so far. We want to make sure that that is at The core of our relationship. And you know, I used to be all about, the old me used to be about, um, you know, um, intimacy. And and I always used to put intimacy down to sex. But for me now, intimacy within my relationship with my partner is at night time when we're together we will stop we'll hold each other and we'll talk to god we'll pray and we'll give thanks for we'll give thanks for his um abundant love that he's given to us and we'll give thanks for for him bringing us together and we'll give thanks to him for the future and um and the past and you know we just ask that he remains Um, At at the center of of our lives, at the center of our relationship moving forward. And that's ultimately what we want to strive towards, um, is pursuing the purity in courtship and set the foundation for a God-honoring marriage. In one Thessalonians... I had to, had to read that in my head before I tried to pronounce it. I always stumble on that, Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verses 3 to 5, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles, who do not know God, I only ever used to operate in the passion of lust. I never really knew what love was. I never really understood what it was like to truly be loved. See, when you are in a relationship with someone who shares the same values, who shares the same beliefs, who shares the same dreams of the future... Um, who shares all the same yeah values. You don't operate on lust. It is a deeper it's a much deeper feeling than um you could ever experience. Um now I've experienced different sorts of love in my life, you know, as a as a as a child loving his parents, um as a brother loving his sibling, um, as a father loving his daughter, um, as a partner loving his his partner, um, they all have their own different um, depths, I suppose. But in terms of of this current relationship i have with my partner it is one of the most deepest profound um, genuine loves that i've ever felt and it all comes down to the fact that we make sure that god is at the center everything that we do we make sure that we pray every single day we're with each other we make sure that we're always consulting back to our beliefs before we make decisions and before we do things Um, and it just there's never been for myself a stronger love in the world um, than the love that i have for my partner because of the love that god has for us anyway sexual purity before marriage is a reflection of our desire to follow god's will and live a life of holiness It requires self-control and honouring God with our bodies. And that is absolutely 110% true. It is true to my life at the moment. Um, And it is true to the lives of many, many Christians. Um, And people who don't follow the faith struggle to understand... Um, they str- They look at sex differently. So, and and I used to look at it differently too. Um, but they struggle to understand what it is like, um, to actually honour God and His will, and and follow the Bible, and the Scripture. And and operate under God's will. I have mentioned that I have. Um, acted sexually, immorally in the past. And so now I want to talk about God's forgiveness and restoration. So in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we have fallen short in the area of sexual purity, God offers forgiveness and restoration through sincere repentance and turning away from sin so we can't just repent and ask for forgiveness and then go and do it again okay if i was to repent for my sexual impurity and then just go straight back into it it's it's not really achieving much anyway um and it's kind of it's kind of like you've lied to God. So you absolutely have to turn away from the sin and you have to... Look, temptation's real and we know that. Like, But Jesus was tempted and he never caved. He never caved. So we have to remember that. When we're tempted, we have to remember our, our Lord and Saviour was able to fight away temptation. Because the temptation comes from the devil... And I like to think that myself as a Christian, I've got God on my side. And when I've got God on my side, nothing can beat me. The devil can't suck me in if I've got God on my side. There's no chance. There's not a chance that the devil can suck me in. So we need to sincerely repent and then we need to turn away and say, you know what? No, that temptation's never going to draw me in again. I've got God on my side and I'm saying no we must remember not to let shame and guilt prevent us from seeking God's grace and embracing his plan for our life now I used to feel like a hypocrite I had a lot of guilt and to the like I still have a lot of guilt for the things that I did but I I have to remember that like be, I am born again even though I was brought up in a christian family i never really knew who god was i never really knew god's word so now i know like it would be worse for me now that i know god's word if i was to go backwards on everything i've 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 said everything that i've learned and then just go back into temptation and 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 live the life that i used to so Although I feel guilt for the life that I, I once lived, I know that I didn't really have God with me because I pushed him away. And I didn't want to know him. But now I know that God, he's almighty, he's all-forgiving, and he's, he said, please come back to me. He says, I, I forgive you, you've repented, you're turning your back on sin. There's no need to feel shame or guilt. There's no need. So, just to wrap up on my my point. Marriage and sex are divine gifts from God. They're designed to bring joy, fulfillment and intimacy within the boundaries he has set. Let us honour and protect these precious gifts by embracing God's plan for marriage, cultivating purity and courtship, and seeking his forgiveness when we stumble. May we continually seek his guidance and strength, allowing his word to illuminate our path, and guide us in building strong, loving, and God-honouring marriages. Let us go forth from here, holding fast to the truths found in the scriptures. And shining as beacons on God's love and grace in a world that longs to witness the beauty of his design for marriage and the sanctity of sex. Okay, now I'm going to go on to... I think I've got three questions here that I picked out from my emails. Um, So, I will read them out now. Now, I'm not going to read the names out of the people that have sent the emails. I'm just going to read the questions out because I I think anonymity is probably a, a good rule to keep um, when you're dealing with some of these questions. So, the first question I received was um, was, what does the Bible say about divorce? And simply, the Bible addresses divorce in several passages, and its teachings emphasise the sanctity of marriage and the seriousness of the commitment involved. So, I've broken down some of the key passages that uh, passages that uh, discuss divorce. So, the first verse that I've broken down is um, in Matthew nineteen verses three to nine. So in this passage um, the Pharisees questioned Jesus about divorce, trying to test him and Jesus responded, "Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. So Jesus reaffirmed God's original plan for marriage as a lifelong covenant. Citing Genesis 2:24 he stated that divorce was permitted in the Mosaic law due to the hardness of people's hearts but emphasized that it was not part of God's original intention. Jesus specified that the only permissible grounds for divorce is sexual immorality or adultery. He warned against divorcing one's spouse for any other reason as doing so could lead to adultery when either partner remarries. The second verse that we want to break down is Malachi chapter 2 verse 16. The prophet Malachi speaks of God's disapproval of divorce. He says, For the man who hates and di- divorces, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in the spirit and do not be faithless. So God expresses his concern about the act of divorce, which causes pain and disruption in the lives of the couple and their families. The third passage that I wanted to break down was from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10-11. to And the Apostle Paul, who we've met before, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, addresses the issue of divorce within the Christian community, and he instructs, To the married I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to a husband, and the husband should not divorce his wife. Paul encourages reconciliation whenever possible and advises against divorcing a spouse. If separation does occur, he urges that individuals to remain unmarried or seek reconciliation with their spouse. So, it's important to note that while the Bible presents the ideal of lifelong marriage, it also acknowledges that, We live in a fallen world. And unfortunately, divorce can be a painful reality for some people. But remember, God's grace, mercy, and healing are available to those who have experienced divorce or any brokenness in marriage. The church community should provide support and understanding, demonstrating love and compassion to those who have gone through such challenging circumstances. All right. The second question I got sort of folds into the whole divorce conversation. And it, and, it, and it was, what does the Bible say about adultery? So, the Bible strongly condemns adultery, considering it a serious violation of the sanctity of marriage and the trust between spouses. Adultery is the act of engaging in sexual relations with someone other than one's spouse. Here are some key passages that address adultery that I have again broken down. So the first one is Exodus chapter 20 verse 14. And it's in the Ten Commandments. You shall not commit adultery. This straightforward command from God is a part of the Ten Commandments given to Moses on Mount Sinai. It emphasizes the importance of the faithful, of faithfulness and loyalty within a marital relationship. The second verse is from Proverbs chapter 6 verses 32 and 33 that I've broken down. But a man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Blows and disgrace are his lot and his shame will never be wiped away. This passage highlights the destructive consequences of adultery, both in this life and potentially the afterlife. It warns against the foolishness and self-inflicted harm resulting from such actions. And the third verse that I want to break down is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. And it's from the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus addresses the issues of adultery, saying... You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So Jesus extends the concept of adultery beyond the physical act to include lustful thoughts and intentions, emphasizing the importance of maintaining purity in the heart and the mind. And as I was talking about Before um, The devil The devil Can get into your mind And he can get into your heart If you allow him to So you need to hold Hold tight With God And talk to him and pray And ask for him to come down and, And just fill you with the Holy Spirit So that you Cannot lust with your eyes Or with your heart Another verse that we could break down um, for this for the adultery conversation is Hebrews verses thir- uh, sorry chapter thirteen verse four it says let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually the the sexually the sexually immoral and adulterous. So this verse encourages the sanctity of marriage and emphasizes the consequences for those who engage in sexual immorality, including adultery. Right, and the last verse, or the last passage that we want to break down for adultery is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through to verse 20. And it says, Flee from sexual immorality. So, the Apostle Paul urges believers to avoid sexual immorality, recognizing that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Adultery is considered a sin that defiles the body and goes against God's purpose for human sexuality. Sexuality, rather. Okay, so the Bible's teaching on adultery emphasizes the importance of fidelity, purity, and respect. Within the context of marriage So it reminds us of the high value God places on the covenant of marriage And the responsibility to honor and cherish our spouses For those who have committed adultery or struggle with lustful thoughts The Bible is also offering The promise of forgiveness and redemption through sincere repentance And seeking God's grace And we know that If you repent and you turn away from sin. God's grace is there to be taken. Okay, the last question that I got for um, for this topic of conversation, it was from the same person, actually. Um, so, if you are the person... ...who sent this email in and you are struggling with um, some of these things... ...I just encourage you to seek God, pray, talk to Him and just just ask for His forgiveness. Repent against anything that you have done, any sins that you have committed. Repent and turn away. And if you're in the middle of the battle, if if Satan is trying to drag you back in... ...or you're right in the middle of the storm... You need to be stronger than ever and ask God to come down to send his Holy Spirit to fill you with the Holy Spirit and fight with you. Fight with you so you can rip yourself away from the devil, from his grasp and live in in God's will. So he's asked, can God forgive sexual immorality and adultery? Yes, the Bible teaches that God can forgive all sins, including sexual immorality and adultery. Through genuine repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, God's forgiveness is available to anyone who comes to him with a contrite heart, seeking his mercy and grace. In one John, chapter one, verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The power, the powerful promise um, assures us that when we confess our sins and turn away from them, God is faithful to forgive um, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's break down Isaiah. Chapter 1, verse 18, where it says, Come now, let us settle the matter. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. So God's forgiveness has the power to transform our lives completely, turning the most stained and scarlet sins into pure white, symbolizing the restoration and redemption he offers. And in Psalms... Chapter 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. So remember, God's forgiveness is complete and total. Removing our sins, all of our sins, from us, as far as the east is from the west. Never to be held against us. Ever again. Let's break down Romans, chapter 5 verse 8 where it says but god chose his love for us in that while we were still sinners christ died for us the ultimate demonstration of god's love and willingness to forgive comes through jesus christ's sacrificial death on the cross he paid the price for our sins offering us reconciliation with god so so important to understand that while god offers forgiveness freely true repentance involves a sincere change of heart and turning away from sinful behavior genuine repentance reflects a desire to live in obedience to god and his teachings including his design for sexuality and marriage if anyone Anyone that's listening has struggled with sexual immorality or adultery. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've been there. Um, and I I feel that as someone who's putting themselves out there, um, and, and trying to spread God's word, I think it's important that I be, um, very transparent with that. I have struggled with sexual immorality and adultery, um. I have had sexual relations with other people's wives in the past. And, you know, I I repent and I turn away from that, that life. Um, and I feel shame and guilt for that life. But as I spoke about earlier, um, I didn't know God the way that I know him now. And I know that God forgives me. And he says you don't need to feel shame or guilt because you've turned away from that life. Now you are living a life that is dedicated to my will. We need to remember that we can find hope and healing through seeking God's forgiveness and turning to Him for guidance. The path to restoration may involve seeking accountability, counselling, and support from a strong Christian community. I... um. I, I I seek my support from the Bible, um, and God's Word, and different YouTube videos and different podcasts. Um, I didn't really talk to a lot of Christian people through shame and guilt, but I was able to I was able to find um, I was able to seek that accountability from from the Word itself and and. Giving myself to God and saying, please just guide me. Guide me and help me turn away from that life and those mistakes that I made um, in the past. God's desire is not only to forgive us, but also to, to bring about the transformation and growth in every aspect of our lives as we walk in his ways. and as a testimony to anyone listening that may be going through um, struggles with adultery or sexual immorality, God does bring transformation, and I'm living proof as i as I sit here and talk to you right now, I can confess and i can I can yeah bear witness to the fact that God can and he will bring about transformation and growth because he did so with me and I'll that will be my testimony for as long as I live um, my life looks completely different now than it did in the past yep. Our values and everything that i used to that i used to live by they're gone And I'll never turn back. And I'll never invite that back into my life. Because I know where my future is. I know what God wants from me. And I can see the path that he's molding for me. Okay, let's wrap this podcast up. It's gone on for a little bit longer than... uh, I anticipated, but I think that it was a very important one. And I think that there, because of some of the emails that I got through, I think that there's some people out there um, in the world that really need to hear the message from the scriptures itself um, and just hear somebody else's perspective and somebody else's um, story, I guess. But here's the final word on marriage. Marriage is a sacred institution established by God designed to reflect his love, unity, and covenant relationship with his people. It's a beautiful union between man and woman. Man and woman. Where two become one. Committed to each other for a lifetime. The Bible presents marriage as a profound symbol of Christ's love for the church, emphasizing mutual love, respect, and sacrificial service within the relationship in the journey of marriage couples are called to nurture and cherish each other seeking god's guidance and wisdom to overcome challenges and grow together in love and in understanding through prayer communication and a commitment to god's word marriages can thrive and become a source of joy fulfillment and strength so while the world may offer various perspectives on marriage And there is a lot out there, as I mentioned in the start of this podcast, um, with all the other things going on in this world, um, all the different perspectives and all the different um, garbage that's been force-fed down our throats through mainstream media and um, all over social media and with, anyway, let's not go down that rabbit hole, let us hold fast To the biblical principles that form the foundations of a Christ-centered union. May we honor and protect the sanctity of marriage. Demonstrating God's love, grace and forgiveness within our relationships. And remember, marriage is not just a contract. It is a covenant. It's a lifelong commitment made before God and witnesses. So as we trust in his plans and walk hand in hand, may we exemplify the beauty of marriage to the world. Serving as a beacon of hope, love and unity in a world longing for authentic and lasting relationships. May God bless each marriage with his grace, peace and enduring love, allowing them to be a testimony of his faithfulness, and a source of joy to all who witness the beautiful covenant of marriage. Thank you for listening once again to my podcast. Um, once again, if you'd like to um, write to me, uh, ask me a question, ask me to cover something in my podcast, please, please send through an email to the Born Again Club pod. At gmail.com. And as you've seen on today's episode, I will cover and answer some of the questions that come through. And for some of the other questions that came through um, in this past week, I will use them um, when when they become relevant. So I've flagged them in my emails. Um, and as I go on to different sorts of subjects um, and, the, and the questions become relevant, I will go back to them and I will cover those questions so if you write in something and i don't answer it straight away don't think that i've ignored it or i've skipped over it they will come in handy at some point anyway thank you for listening um i just as always want to ask you if you're struggling with anything if you're struggling with sexual immorality um if you're struggling with adultery if you're struggling with anything depression um if you're sick Um, If you need healing, if you need anything, if you have any issues at all, lift them up to God, lay them at his feet, because the issues of this world do not belong to us. They do not belong to us. Lift them up to him and say, take them. I don't want these. And pray and ask for God's forgiveness ask for his grace ask for his healing because he is all-powerful almighty and he can move mountains i really hope that you all have a fantastic week i look forward to talking to you all again next week as always stay blessed and be blessed thanks for listening